Perpetrator, Episode 4, J.J. and the Female Cop. I don't remember the exact year, but I guess it was sometime around 1990, give or take a year. I had made an arrest and was preparing to go down to Central Booking. Central Booking is the location where all the arrestees are processed before they go to their arraignment and see a judge. The death sergeant asked me to take one of the female rookie cops and the person she arrested with me to show her how to process a collar. A collar is cop slang for an arrest. Well, in New York City anyway, not sure about other departments. I haven't spoken to her in a long time, so I'm not sure she would want me to use her name. So let's just call her Officer Jane Doe. After Jane and I process the prisoners at Central Booking, We walk over to the DA's office to write up the cases. The DA's office has a unit called ECAB that is on the second floor of 100 Center Street in the criminal courts building. Once a cop arrives there, they would have to wait to speak to an assistant district attorney, also referred to as an ADA, about the actual arrest information. The wait could take anywhere from 1 to 8 to 16 hours, or sometimes more. That night we get lucky and Jane is called into room G. It's a cubicle, actually, to see the assistant DA assigned to her case. Let me describe Jane for a moment before I go on. Jane is a dark-skinned young woman, and everybody in the 9th Precinct thinks Jane is attractive, and she is pretty confident regarding her looks. Okay, back to the story. As I open the door to cubicle G... I notice the color leave Jane's face and become as pale as her skin can get. I ask her what is wrong as I help her sit down, but she doesn't answer me. She's just staring straight ahead with her mouth hanging open. I'm worrying that she's having a stroke or something. I turn to the assistant DA to ask them to call the sergeant, and then I stop and realize I have seen the look on Jane's face before. I have seen similar looks on some female ADA's faces in the hallways of the Manhattan DA's office when this other particular ADA would go out for his lunchtime jog in his running shorts and cut off NYU sweatshirt. Apparently, John F. Kennedy Jr. had that effect on some members of the female gender. So after we all get settled down, John Kennedy Jr. asks, what was up with the case? I spend the next half hour helping Jane describe the circumstances that led to this arrest. After we are done discussing the case, ADA John Kennedy Jr. then proceeds to ask Jane what is her full name, to which she answers, Jane Doe. He then asks, 9th Precinct, right? She said yes. Then after a few moments, JFK Jr. asks Jane, Okay, what's your phone number? I had already seen Jane's face become as pale as a ghost. Now it was red as a tomato. John Kennedy sees the look on her face and he turns a little red too. JFK Jr. was asking for the phone number to the precinct so he could contact Jane for future court dates. He wasn't asking for her personal number. This is one of her first arrests, so she doesn't know that they always ask for contact info from the precinct. We say goodbye to John Kennedy Jr. and I walk with Jane outside for some fresh air. After she overcomes the shock, we both have a good laugh. Maybe I would have reacted in a similar manner if I had walked into the DA's office as a rookie cop and Cindy Crawford, Holly Berry, or Heidi Klum was sitting there.
This has been Perpetrator 4, The Lighter Side. Thank you for listening. And now, in memory of all the Night Precinct personnel who have passed, I will leave you with a tune from the NYPD Emerald Society Bagpipe Band that was recorded at the Ninth Precinct Reunion in 2010 at the Bowery Hotel. <laughs> ¶¶